What's up, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of Devin the Bear. Today, we're going to be talking about UFC 264. Uh, everybody's really excited for this card, and I think that they should be because every fight from the prelims to the main event is just very exciting. Uh, so on paper, this card should be one of the most exciting of the year. Um, it's halfway through the year, and I know they are starting to give out like awards uh, for mid-year fighters. Uh, but anyway... We're going to get right into it. I thought you said mid-tier fighters at first. Well, some of them are, I think. Uh, But uh, so one of the early ones is going to be Trevin Giles versus Drikas Duplessis. Um, I think that fight's going to be, is definitely underrated. I think that one's going to be really exciting. That's a really great uh, middleweight fight uh, right there to start off the uh, prelims on the TV. I think uh, Trevin's very exciting. Everybody knows that. But I think also that uh, Drikas is out there knocking dudes out submitting dudes uh so i think that's it it's gonna be a really fun fight yeah and so like the whole like what's crazy about uh what's his name how you say duplessis is that i, say I it? think it's duplessis uh i could be wrong it could be places Play, but uh duplessis he actually is a black belt in kickboxing yeah and uh has really good submission wins he does it's insane and he's knocking everybody out right now that's what i'm saying he has him one and- loss by knockout him and Giles make yeah. for a very fun fight to watch. Yeah. Uh, anywhere that fight goes should be fun. Yeah, and uh, let's, uh, I want to say Duplessis has a 100% finish rate. Uh, when I was looking into him a little bit, doing some research on him, yeah, he has a 100% finish With rate. With his wins, yeah, because yeah. I know he's not undefeated. No, he's not undefeated. He okay. has one loss. Uh, his last loss was in KSW against uh, Roberto Slowchik. And um, actually, uh, that was a, there was a, that fight was a rematch. He had beat uh, Roberto yeah. by decision, I mean by TKO. But, you know, Trevin Giles, you've seen Trevin Giles. He's really good. He's fought some great fighters. He's a, uh, also a, a, te- a native Texan. Yeah. So I think it's always exciting to see those guys fighting in the UFC just because it's like, damn, like, Texas MMA is huge. And that's why we talk about it is because there's big names that are coming up that are yeah. getting into the UFC. Leo Mano Martinez is one of them. And uh, speaking of him, I'm mad he's not fighting um, Sean O'Malley. But, so we'll get to that in a bit. But it's yeah. just it's irked the <laughs> shit out of me so much, man. But... Um, yeah, man, it's just with, um, with, um, Trevor Giles, what kind of rise, like grows, like makes you question him a little bit is just his submissions, like he's susceptible to him. He has two submission yeah. losses in the UFC while Duplessis, he's most of his wins are by submission. He's a fucking, he's a kickboxer. Yeah. He has nine wins. He's uh 15 and two. He has nine wins by submission and six by knockout. Which I think is crazy to see that, you know, because it's like, damn, so this guy has a ground game to compete with that, and he also has a stand-up, of course. So, but I, I think uh, do place he pulls off the, the, the I, mean, I think he goes for a finish, knockout or submission. I think so as well. Uh, as much as I like Trevin Giles, uh, and I'm always down to go for the Texan, but I don't know, man, Duplessis is just out there. Yeah. Like we were saying, he's knocking you out or he's submitting you. Uh, and he's shown that he's more comfortable submitting guys, even though he's a kickboxer. He's, yep. he's used to striking, but he just has a great time every time he's in there. So I'm going to go with him simply for the fact that he has fun when he's out there. Yep. Um, the next fight is going to be Ryan Hall and Ilya Toporia. Um, boy, is it fun watching Ryan Hall, I guess. <laughs> uh, I enjoy watching Ryan Hall. I really, really do. 
you just never get to watch them. This is how I feel whenever uh, when I watch Ryan Hall like come on a fight. I'm super excited, but I'm watching with a guy who doesn't like jujitsu at all. Yeah. Who makes fun of me for like watching shirtless men fight? <laughs> I'm like, please, like this is the one fight I don't want you to watch right now, man. But yeah, he he may not be the most uh, dynamic fighter, but he he's not gonna lose. No. He's, he's, I mean, uh, could could Toporia come out with a win? Absolutely. It's yeah. MMA. You never know. But, uh, I mean, statistically, Ryan Hall's not going to go in there and lose. Uh, he's going to either catch you with the submission or keep you on the ground until you can't keep fighting and then or it's gonna be fight's a, over. It's either going to be a crazy submission or a really boring decision win. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's gonna He's either going to tap you out or he's going to take you to the ground and hold you there until you can't fight anymore and the, and the fight's over. Because the thing is, though, is like guys don't really want to engage him because they know what's going to happen. He's yeah. going to roll for that knee bar or he's going to roll for a heel hook. And Ilya is a uh, good fighter. He's 10-0 right now. First fight. I want to say this is his first fight in the UFC, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. So he's 10-0 coming in. Um, he, I want to say he has a 90% finish rate. But, excuse me, but I think that uh, with this fight, though, it's like we're seeing Ryan Hall come back. But this is what I want to happen, though, because I already know he's going to go for a fucking heel hook. But I want him <laughs> to come in and just be Bangkok ready, like like fucking best stand-up you didn't expect at all, like some Brian Ortega type shit and come in with a great boxing. Do I think that's going to happen? Not at all. But I'd like to see uh, Machida crane kick dude that'd be fucking insane he's like just... we haven't seen anyone do something like that since machita no no he had the uh as cra- i know everyone talks about the silver versus bell four one yeah. but i think machita had the better uh crane kicks oh, yeah. knocked out randy couture's tooth yep and also knocked out vitor belfort in a much more dominating fashion than um anderson, anderson did silver. but yeah i think uh, ryan hall i'm going ryan hall also by crane kick uh, I'm f- I'm gonna go like flying, spinning back, front flip, elbow to the knee. I'm a, he's gonna win by a chicken wing. Chicken wing, that would be incredible, dude. He just fucking he uh, what's up? He puts the claw on him, the mandible claw. He pulls a fucking sock out of his crotch, like just. <laughs> so man, yeah, but so we're both gonna be on Ryan Hall getting the win there. Uh. The next fight is going to be Nico Price and Michelle Perea. Uh That fight, again, is wild. Nico Price, always fun to watch. Uh, he'll get knockouts from anywhere. Yeah. And then you got, on the other hand, you got Pajaya, who's trying to get knockouts from anywhere. Yeah. Doing backflips off the cage, uh, doing cartwheels, doing freaking all kinds of crazy moves to try to hit you with them. Um, and I would say the difference with him and other fighters who do that is he does try to hit you with them. Yeah. He's not just doing it for show and to be flashy. He, when he did that backflip on that dude, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. pass guard. Yeah. That was freaking crazy. That dude, uh, was it that? a backflip or was it front flip? It, was, it was a backflip. Back he just pulled that shit yeah. out of his butt and just was like, <laughs> did a backflip and he actually went on to lose that fight. Uh, oh, he did. I think that's, was it the one that happened in the UFC? No, this wasn't no. in the oh, UFC. Oh, outside the UFC. Okay. Yeah. I know that one. No, he did it one time in in a fight in the UFC. I forgot who he fought, but uh, he was like throwing a bunch of wild shit, doing yeah. backflips and just throwing whatever at him. And then he went on to gas himself out in the first <laughs> round from doing that. Well, but, he, he's always done this. Yeah. Uh, and I think he can do it from start to finish, really. But yeah, he, he was in the guard. He was in the guard standing from one guy and he turned around to a backflip and... I'm pretty sure he stomped on the guy's head, but uh, it was okay in that uh, organization, so he got away with it. But yeah, he did a backflip to pass this guy's guard, and it worked. 
That's awesome. But uh, that's a tough fight, though, man. I think that right there, uh, I wish that fight was actually the headline of the prelims. I think that's the best fight. Um, I think that could easily be fight of the night. Yeah, I, uh, that's why this easily. is this is like this is the one card like because they stack up these McGregor cards perfectly is the word like from top to bottom. It's a great fucking card. Yeah, and I think this fight can like you said can easily be fight of the night, fight of the month. Like these guys are gonna go out there. And it give could it be fight all. of the year. Yeah, uh, as long as both guys don't get knocked out early. Yeah, it could be fight of the year. I don't. It's hard to knock out Nico Price. He's, yeah, he'll take a lot of damage. I mean, in his Luke fight, he his eye was swelled shut. The doctor had to make him stop. It was funny watching him scream at the camera whenever they're showing his eye. But, uh, yeah, man, I think – I feel like – what's that? Michelle Pe- Pejero does pull off the win in this one, though. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to go with Nico Price. Uh, I think he brings more power to the table, mm-hmm. and I think his uh, – he, he sticks to the fundamentals a little bit more than a lot Pejero. More, yeah. uh, so I think he's just – that's strong structure. The strong base is going to get him the win. Yeah, I think uh, I feel like Michelle Pajero wins by decision. I don't think he's able to put him out. Um, I think he's he showed in the Cass Williams fight that he stuck more to a game plan. Yeah. He wasn't too hectic at all with his fight because uh, Chaos Williams can put you asleep anywhere. Yeah, he's a scary fucking dude. And, and in his last fight, he showed that he can keep you on your feet. Yeah, and go the distance if he needs to. Yeah, and um, so he's changed. I think with uh, Nico Price, he's a great fighter. I was like, seeing, I hate to see him lose. I think he's a fun dude. Uh, he's there to put on a show. And I think with Michelle Pajero, though, he's showing discipline now. He's showing that, okay, he's. Dude, I can't believe he makes 170. It's insane yeah. watching that. He's very tall and wide. Yeah. He's built kind of weird. I mean, I know that's not a cool thing to well, say. Well, he fights kind of weird. Yeah, so. he does. But, like, his shoulders are out. Like, yeah. Kinda, he's, they're he's out very in wide. front of him. But, uh, yeah, man, it's going to be a fun one for sure, though. But, yeah. And so, for so yeah, if, you, if you guys uh, can't catch the main card, definitely watch these prelims. Uh, definitely try to catch the Nico Price Michelle Pejea fight. That one's gonna be a fun one. Uh, but the headliner of the prelims is gonna be Carlos Condit, the natural born killer. It's gonna be fighting Max Payne Griffin. Uh, I really am not sure how to feel about this fight. It's gonna be exciting, or it's gonna be a technical striking showcase by Carlos Condit. Yeah. Um, I think Max Griffin is going to go in there and look for the knockout. I think so too. Um, he, he got the knockout against uh song Kinnan in yeah. his last fight. And I did not expect that to happen at all. I had song winning that fight um, on whenever we place your bets on the verdict app and stuff. And I thought song, he was actually the uh, favorite going into that fight as well. Then I know yeah. Max Griffin knocks him out and I was so mad. And, but I mean, it was a good fight from him. But I think with Carlos Condit, he's on the back end of his career, and I think yeah. he knows it as well. Um, so he, yeah, he's on the back end of his career, and he's not putting on the best performances either. Whenever he's winning his fights, he's really not there. He doesn't look bad, but yeah. he looks his age. Yeah, he's she. It shows that he's thirty-seven. It shows that yeah. he's been fighting. I think he's been fighting since he was eighteen. Yeah. Um, and so I think that says a lot that it's starting to finally catch up to him. I mean, his fight with Court McGee and Matt Brown, those were his last two wins. They weren't fun fights, no. uh, you know, especially his fight with Court McGee. He, he finally broke that. He was on like a four, five, actually a five uh, fight loss, losing streak. Five, five losing streak. And um, he finally, but he just hasn't been the same. He hasn't been able to catch that, why they called him the natural born killer. Because Na- Carlos Gondo was fun to watch. He's, he's always some, one of my favorite fighters to tune in to watch. He always put on great fights. But with Max Griffin, he's a little up there too. He's 34, and um, he's kind of have a he's had a splotchy record in the UFC. But 
His his losses have been to uh, some of the top guys. Um, when when was his last loss? His last loss was to Cowboy Oliveira back in March of 2020. Um, I don't know how long he's been with them, but I know that he's with uh, Jim West as a coach now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that has done wonders for him. I think Jim West is a great coach, and I think he's getting things figured out to become an even better coach. Yeah. Um, is Carlos Condit still with Greg Jackson? Let me double check for you. Because I feel like if he is, and I think that he is, but he, I could be wrong. Yeah, he's still, with Greg he's still there. Yeah. I think that's going to hold him back in this fight. I think the coaching, Yeah. Greg Jackson is going to tell Carlos Condit, you're the more experienced fighter. Go out there and win this fight the way that you know how to win the fight and yeah. do your thing. Um, but you're going to have Jim West who's going to tell uh, Max Griffin, hey, we, you know what kind of fighter you are. We know what kind of fighter Carlos Condit is. You need to go put this one away. It's as simple as that. Uh, so I think fighting styles, coaching styles, I think Max Griffin is going to win this fight. Because while like Greg Jackson's gym has always been a world-class, world-class gym, it's the, their brand has deteriorated over the years and not like, I know that's a strong word to use, but I mean, well, well, it has, it definitely has. You're not wrong. When was the last time, like one of their fighters looked phenomenal besides John Jones? Yeah. Well, you know, um, even when he looks phenomenal, he doesn't yeah. look phenomenal. You got to fucking question it now all the <laughs> yeah. time. Um, and I mean, that's even I can I, I will love to argue with someone about that, too. But um, what's that? John Let us know in the comments what you think about John Jones. Yeah, because um, I will pull up the facts. And <laughs> what's that? So like with that, like besides that, like okay, who they have, they have Holly Holm. I mean, she's good, but Holly Holm never lived up to it. Never really got to her full expectations as she was supposed to be. She knocked out Ron Rousey which was incredible to see her finally be, win that championship. But she wasn't ever at that next level, you know. Uh, I feel like Greg Jackson's taking a backseat, let Mike Winklejohn take place of most of these, uh, like, head coach for most of these guys. And I don't care for Mike Winklejohn as a coach. Um, this guy has openly bashed fighters for losing fights and uh, to go ahead and just pretty much put your fighter on the cross and to not have their back and to not support them. That says a lot about your character and who yeah. you are as a coach. Um but with that being said, though, I feel like some like also they just really don't tell let their guys know, hey man, like you can't fight the best guys in the world anymore, like you can't keep up with them. And I feel like with Car- where Carlos Condes is at, since he tore his ACL against Tyron Woodley, he never has been the same fighter since. And um, I mean, we saw him whenever his last he finally his last loss was against Michael Chiesa, that really nasty Kimura that he got on him. And um, dude, that shit fucking lives in my head rent free. Like that was a <laughs> disgusting Kimura, the way yeah. he had his arm turned. And uh, you can just tell that he just he tore everything in his shoulder with the way he had a bent behind him. But um, and then Carlos Conde used to be known for his submission game, for his ground game, and guys never would have wanted to go there with him. But now people can go there with him. They're beating him. And I I think with uh, Max Griffin, he's older. Actually, I was wrong. He's 35. And um, he's older, but I think he has the power to put Carlos Condit away. And I think he does. Yeah, he definitely does. Uh, And that, like I said, I think Max Griffin's going to get the knockout win here. Uh, I I hate saying it because I hate going against Carlos Condit. I love Carlos Condit. But I don't know. That's just how I see this fight going down. Let me know if you think I'm wrong. Yep. And so uh, on to the main card. Starting off, we have Sugar Sean O'Malley taking on Chris Moutinho. In the main event, Chris Moutinho has taken this fight. Was it a two weeks notice or ten days? Something. Something like that. Something yeah, in that about, about two weeks notice. Um, First fight in the UFC. Yep. 
against Sean O'Malley. Uh, it's a tall order, especially with Sean O'Malley coming off possibly one of his biggest uh, wins as of late against Thomas Almeida. Uh, really strong showing in his stand-up. Um, Chris Wittino's got his work cut out for him. He, Chris Wittino's been known to get hit by big shots. Uh, if you don't know much about him, uh, well... You're about to. Yeah. Oh. Chris Moutinho is going to get the w- knockout win. I, uh, we'll we'll see, just, man. We'll see. I, uh, I don't know if it'll be by knockout, but I'm going to stick by Chris Moutinho because I want him to win. Yeah. Oh, that's how I'll word that. I think um, they could have found better options for Sean O'Malley. And it's like nothing against. Um, what's that? Like you were saying earlier. Yeah. Like I said, uh, the Marav Devalishvili said he would. Cody Stammen. Um, well, I mean, you you were bringing up uh, Mano Martinez. Mano Martinez. Oh, yes. Thank you. I fucking forgot. So, uh, Mano Martinez does have a fight set next month uh, in the UFC. He'll be making his UFC debut. But I feel like when it came down to it, like, okay, well, we're going to give him a lo- much lower ranked guy. Why not give him a UFC newcomer, Mano Martinez? I think Juan Martinez, especially whenever he gets his footing in the UFC, he gives somebody like Sean O'Malley a lot of problems. I think yeah. somebody like Adrian Yanez gives Sean O'Malley a lot of problems. Adrian Yanez has a fight set this month. I don't know what he walks around at, but I do feel like that he could have easily made the way, went in ready. there and brought the fight to him. And so it's like, why are you going outside of this guy that hasn't even had a fight in the UFC? Not that I'm counting Chris Martino out. I want to say Chris Martinez, but um, Chris Martino out. But it's like, where. What do you think this was a good idea? You have plenty of bandway fighters who would have took that fight on a fucking dime. They have over 450 fighters in the UFC. And well, let's just uh, say that maybe they're trying to keep Sean O'Malley on on a win. Maybe they're counting yeah. out. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to say obviously, but yeah. maybe they're counting out Chris, and Chris is not going to go in there and get the win. Yeah. So it keeps our Sean O'Malley going. It keeps Sean in people's minds, but it's like it's never going to matter until he fights someone ranked higher than him. But the second he does, he loses, you know, he fought Uh, statistically. Yeah. That's been the case. Yeah. But I I think he, I think he can make top 10. I I do. Yeah. Like, okay. So when he fought Cheeto Vera, Cheeto Vera beat him fair and square. People want to argue it, but he did. Uh, It was a leg kick. And And I will say, I think if they rematch, it'll be a little different. I think uh, Cheeto Vera still wins. He might still win, but I think it'll be different. I think it'll be a more exciting fight. I think it'll last longer. And anyone saying that uh, leg kicks don't win you fights, well, what happened with Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor the second time, you know? What happened with Anthony Smith, Jimmy Crute? Yep. What happened with half the Aldo the wins? Same night, the same night, though. What's that? Yeah. The um, What's it called? Chris, Chris Weidman, Weidman and Uriah Hall. Yeah. Uh, leg kicks win fights, man. Um, as much as people don't like it or want to admit that's a fair win, it's not like they purposely fucked his leg up. Well, they kind of did purposely fuck his leg, but they didn't break it, you know? And... Um, but with that though is like with Sean O'Malley is just you want to see him get pushed now like he's been in the UFC yeah. for a while now, um, and whenever he started in the UFC he he won what's that two of his first fights in the UFC by decision, and so it kind of messed with the hype a little bit because it's like because I think Sean O'Malley is a great fighter I think he has some of the best stand up in the division if he's able to show it uh, he's very dynamic and he's very unorthodox for a lot of these other fighters but. Um, Eventually, it's like, hey, if you're not going to give him a, if you're going to give him an unranked fighter, why not give him an unranked fighter in the UFC? You know? Yeah. And and that's that's kind of getting into my thing is I want he that's the reason that I want him to lose this fight. And yeah. I, I sound I'm 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 a hater for saying that. I don't really care. Yeah. Um, 
I want him to lose this fight because if he loses this fight, then he's either going to have to choose to fizzle out or step up and make a different, make a change. Yeah. Uh, and if he makes a change, you know, your approach has to be different. You can't just, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say pick fights, but you have to, you have to, you have to go out there and challenge people. Yeah. And I, that's not really what he's doing. He's going out there and getting fights and winning cool but you're not challenging anybody yeah nobody nobody you're not really pushing the pace yeah. in your career and you're kind of because excuse me i think a lot of people are fans of sugar, sugar sean o'malley uh i'm a fan of him i think he's a good i think his his personality and his charisma that he brings is fun and to watch uh people fucking make fun of how he dresses and shit i think it's kind of I cool do. I, I don't i i'm like man <laughs> do your fucking thing dude like you know that's how you want to be if that's how you present yourself fucking do it and he's cool with the face tattoos and shit. I just wish he would get them done a little better. But um, you got the fucking money, man. Um, yeah. But, hey, man, like, I mean, like I said, I think he has great stand-up. I have, We haven't seen his jujitsu game yet. What if he goes out there and fucking submits Chris Matinho? Which, also, I feel like even then it's going to question the legitimacy of his jujitsu, though. Is because it's like, okay, you submitted a guy that has no fights in the UFC who's 9-4. and four. Nine and four isn't a bad record. I mean, it's a better record than mine. You know, nine so. and four is not a bad record at all. It's not a record that you expect to see in a top challenger these days. But I think that's just the level of things. Um, yeah. I mean, look at GSP. GSP had two losses. Um, there's uh, Brock Lesnar had losses. Yeah. And whether you whatever whatever you think about Brock Lesnar, he had he had losses. Yeah. Um, guys lose. You know, with yeah. Conor McGregor, he's got what four or five losses. And it's now? hard to hold losses against guys who are really early in their career. You yeah, know, guys so get in the UFC, they don't have the best records, but then they start they picking figure up out wins. how to fight. Yeah, uh, look at Bilal Muhammad. You know, yeah. Um, so Chris being nine and four, you got nine wins. That's what that tells me. You have nine yeah. wins and you have thirteen fights in the cage. That's that many minutes in the cage. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, that I think is a good stepping stone to get in the UFC. And what better show, what better stage to be given than to be fighting Sean O'Malley? Yeah. Uh, Sean O'Malley, like you said, he's very popular. So this could bring a lot of attention to Chris Moutinho. Yeah. And I think also with that, though, is like, you know, you look at, um, you look at Chris Moutinho's losses. They're all by stoppages, uh, two knockouts and two uh, submission losses. And with Sugar Sean O'Malley, you have, um, I mean, he has one TKO loss, but still like most of his wins are by knockout. And so I think what what's going to come into play is not only the levels of the level of competition, but also Chris Matinho's durability. He's won two fights since, but he's had back to back knockout losses since those fights. And so I feel like durability does play a factor into that as well. You know? Yeah, and I will say that his uh, knockout losses, they're they're to guys who, when you look at them, you know they hit hard. Yeah. Um, so the, the way that Sean O'Malley hits hard is different than the way that these guys hit hard. Yeah. Sean O'Malley uses his reaction time and his speed to catch you. Yeah. These guys just go in there and power, power you down. Yeah. Uh, so how will he handle Sean O'Malley's power shots versus these big guys power shots that that'll, I think be a factor as well. And I think with, um, sugar Sean's power shots is just, he's very technical. He's very precise. He puts it on the right spot. Yeah, you know, and um, but that being said, though, I, I mean, I just think that um, Sean O'Malley takes this one by knockout. I think that's how this one goes down. And so, what about you? What do you think? I got Chris Moutinho. Yeah, I do. Uh, I don't know how, but he's he, gonna do it. He gets it. Like he gets it. 
And so uh, the next, you get, get that note, get that note. But um, <laughs> fucking, uh, well, what's it called? Go watch Unforgivable on YouTube. If you, <laughs> and if you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you know, uh, you know. Yeah, it's fucking YouTube, <laughs> classic YouTube. Um, so the next one is Irene uh, Aldana versus Yana Kunitskaya. Kunitskaya. Um, I think I think this is gonna be a pretty fun back and forth fight. I think either girl can win this fight. Um, girl, woman, babe. Um, Color babe. I don't know. No, I said babe. Oh, they them. They slash them. Jesus, come so, on. What? <laughs> um, I think this fight can be pretty back and forth. Um, but I do have Kunitskaya. By, I, I think she's gonna win by decision. Um, and I know that she's not the favorite going into that, but I think. I just think she has a good style for this. I think that men- mentally she's going to be ready to win this fight. Uh, if you go look at her fight against Aspen Ladd, that was a very interesting one. And I think that'll kind of be the roadmap for this fight. I think this fight would be pretty similar. And I th- so I think that she's pretty ready for this fight. Um, and so for me, though, I think Irene Mald- uh, Aldana pulls off the win on this one. I think she has the heavier hands. I think she has the better ground game as well. Kunitskaya in her last win against uh, Caitlin Vieira. I think that's how you say her name. Uh, Vieira. But so that was, I thought uh, Vieira won that fight. But I still had Kunitskaya by decision and she won by decision. It's very controversial. And everybody else was like, I don't know how she won that fight. But um, I think Kunitskaya is, she's real, not susceptible, but whenever she feels the power, she gets very, very timid. And I think she feels the power of um, of uh, Irene Aldana. Aldana. Yeah, I think she feels the power, and I think she realizes, like, damn, like she hits hard because she's knocked women out cold. Yeah. And you don't see a lot of uh, that. You don't see a lot of like out cold knockouts with these smaller weight classes as well. And so, and so, uh, I just think that Irene Aldana is going to go in there. She's going to put in the work. If it's not going to be a finish, uh, I don't. I don't know if it's a submission loss because most of. I mean. When you look at Kunitskaya's record, she has submission losses, but they're always, that's when she fought at a bigger weight class. She fought at yeah. 145. She lost to Tanya Evinger. And, um, but most of them by knockout, she feels that power, and she she just gets really, really timid whenever she fought Chris Cyborg. Chris Cyborg hit her one time, and she didn't want to be in there with her. Yeah, but that's Chris Cyborg. Yeah. Uh, Aspen Ladd. I mean, Aspen Ladd TKO'd her as well. Yeah. And, and, that, and that, I, think, I think the Aspen Ladd fight is a little bit more, uh, what is the word? realistic to choose to compare it to than cyborg because cyborg is kind of on another level um but aspen lad i think that fight um like i said i think she's going to use that as a roadmap for how to win this fight because i think aspen lad and aldana kind of have similar styles yeah um so i th- i think kunitskai is going to use that experience to win this fight right and aspen lad's another fighter that's with jim west yeah um uh, i just felt like saying that one and so, uh, so where is Jim West located at? I know that's off topic. I, uh, dude, so he's with MMA Gold. Um, <clears throat> but I, I really think that 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 fight is gonna set Kunitskaya up for this uh, fight against Aldana. Like you were saying, she gets hit and then she kind of. It, it's in California, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, she gets hit and she's had issues with that in the past, but I think it's happened at a level now to where she's adapted to it. And I think that she's going to be ready to win this one. Right. And, um, but yeah, I don't, I feel like, uh, Aldana just has the edge in this one. I think she goes in there and she just is able to put in the work. And I think she's 
not much bigger than uh, Kunitskaya. There's just like a one inch reach advantage and a one inch height advantage. But um, I think Aldana is just able to land the crisper and better shots. And so I think Aldana is going to take it by decision, though. I don't know if she's able to finish Kunitskaya. I, th- I don't think it's easy to finish Kunitskaya. Yeah. But. Well, that brings us to Tai Tuviasa and Greg Hardy. A uh, very exciting heavyweight fight. Um, both guys are coming off a win. I believe so. And I think both of them need to continue stringing wins together, if I'm correct. Um, so don't, I don't think... Um, Greg Hardy's last fight was a loss to Marcin Tibera. Tibera, oh, okay, okay. Well, both guys need to get wins. Um, I think Tai Tuviasa is coming off a win... But um, I couldn't. I can't remember if he's on a winning streak or if he's coming off like a two, winning streak. Two fight. Two fight. Yeah. yeah. So he needs to keep it going, and Greg Hardy needs to get in the win column. I think both fighters come in swinging heavy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Tuviasa has been talking a little bit of shit, and I yeah. think it's funny because that dude, like, when he talks shit to you, you don't know if he's really just talking shit to you or just messing with you because it's the way his humor is. Yeah, he's just a really funny dude. I love that guy. And uh, he already said he's like, you know. Um, Greg Hardy's a he's a cheater he's a loser like he quits he's a quitter like there's I'm gonna go in there and hit him he's gonna realize he doesn't want to be in there with me and um I think Greg Hardy still has the question to to ask though is like okay we get it you you can compete at this level but can you really compete at this high level win at this level um yeah I think that's a very uh legitimate statement I think uh to question Greg Hardy I think it makes sense because he his wins are good and his losses are really bad. Um, so he needs to go out there and look great to prove a point. And he's not really doing that yet. And I think Taito Viasa has proved several times he can look great. So I think the odds are stacked against Greg Hardy. Um, but I'm going to go Greg Hardy by knockout. Uh, I think too, Viasa takes it. Um, I, I don't blame I, you. I, I, yeah, it's... <laughs> I think uh, I don't. I do think Greg Hardy's gonna come and swing for the fences though, and it's just gonna be a matter of Tuviasa can if he can withstand the storm just for that first round. Because I don't think Greg Hardy has the cardio to go that nope. long. Tuviasa, which, I believe, does. Which so. don't get me wrong, I know that Greg Hardy's gone five rounds. He went five rounds with Alexander Volkov. So yeah, and it also he was an inhaler between his <laughs> second and third round. Which I'm like, where the fuck was the inhaler in the five round fight? Like, what what, what are you doing? But. I know he does have asthma, and um, I don't cap on him too much for that shit, but <laughs> he can't help it. Um, I got asthma. I got, he got eczema. And, uh, <laughs> so I think, <laughs> what's that? I think uh, with, <laughs> um, I, th- I think with okay. fucking uh, Tuviasa, though, I think he's just more experienced in that sense, though. He's going to be able to handle uh, definitely. the storm. And, um, yeah, and I think if this fight goes into the second or third round, mm-hmm. Tuviasa's chances increase exponentially. Yeah. But I don't think it does go past. Yeah, the first I think round. Uh, Greg Hardy, if he wants to win, it's gonna have to be the first round because yeah, the second you go into the second and third round, these fucking Polynesians, bro, people need to stop fucking fighting these guys. Um, <laughs> there's especially these heavyweights, dude. They they could they show that they can take beatings and just keep on going, you know. Um, and I think I don't see Greg Hardy deciding to take down two Viasa. No. Like realistically, is he gonna try to go for a fucking double leg high crotch takedown? Like. Not at all. That's not even the same type of thing, but... Um, yeah, I was like... Just talking nonsense. But I think... Uh, 
I think Tuviasa is going to – I really want to say that's going to be a second-round knockout. I don't think it's going to be an early one. I think uh, it's going to be a lot of him just having to withstand the storm of Greg Hardy. He's still a big fucking guy. He still hits hard. He's, he's still an athlete. Hard, yeah. Man. You saw him fold that dude on the contender series. Yep. Um, but he's done it before, And but I don't think he's able to do it against um, – I don't think he's able to do it against uh, Taito Yasa though. Yeah. Uh, I got I got Greg Hardy by knockout. I think he's going to get it in the first round because uh, I do think Taito Yasa is going to let Greg Hardy gas himself out. I, I can't imagine that that's not part of the game plan to yeah. if he starts going just let him go and stay away from it because he's going to get tired and then you can go knock him out yeah i don't whenever <laughs> i found out that to be honest you should train an aka i don't ever question him i'm like fuck dude yeah, like i said i don't yeah. blame you there's some other there's other sometimes though where i'm like why didn't you fucking win that fight <laughs> but um because he did suffer some losses to junior dos santos and uh, i was pretty upset about that i didn't want either guy to lose yeah that's it's always tough going against junior dos santos everybody loves that guy such a nice guy yeah like, um, have you ever seen that? You might remember this. Whenever he lost to Cain Velasquez, and they still interviewed him after, he's like, "I don't know why everybody's booing me right now. I just fought for all of y'all." I'm like, "God, dude, he's fucking tugging at my heartstrings." <laughs> like these piece of shit bands don't appreciate you, and um, that motherfucker has probably like lost years in the in the octagon Definitely. just to put on a good fight. For His people. fights have been were crazy. Um, yeah. uh, but Taito Vyasa, another great guy. Everybody loves that guy. Uh, yeah, the Shuey. That's disgusting. Pouring, uh, he goes out into the crowd, uh, takes their shoe, pours a beer in it, and drinks from it. It's, it's hilarious. It's funny to see, but like, when he, what did he do that with? He did it with Don Cerrone's uh, cowboy boot one time, and nice. that was fucking gross. He like, what's that? You, you uh, don't think Donald Cerrone wears brand new boots to these things? No. I bet no, you I he don't. Does. I fucking doubt he does. Bet you he does. Come on, man, it's Don Cerrone. You look like you look at. He looks like he smells like a can of fucking skull. No, in fucking. Um, I'm sure he showers here and he com- there. He comes into those events looking fresh, brand new feather in Bro, his brand yeah, he, new. He hat. has blushed cheeks. He's probably on a fucking <laughs> bender, like brand yeah. new vest. Always rocking those vests and the, and the yeah. button up shirts. He also did it with uh, Cub Swanson's shoes one time. Yeah, that one's pretty gross, man. Yeah, how, Why was that one gross? So, Cub Swanson's a gym rat. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure he probably... Those shoes look brand new, though. Looked at, oh, uh, why are his shoes brand new? They look a lot better conditioned than the fucking boots. I know, I know for sure those fucking boots have seen some cow shit. Man, it's just like when uh, people buy clothes, jeans with holes in them. Yeah buy your boots and they look a little roughed up so you look cool you know how you do that you just go to like the goodwill and just put holes in your jeans and then why don't you put holes in them yeah i mean they're like two bucks if you're gonna buy holy jeans do that you know so uh but yeah i'm going to Vyasa second round knockout greg hardy first round knockout don't at me <laughs> uh and then we're gonna have gilbert burns and stephen thompson in the co-main event and i think that fight is a very hard one to choose between. Um, you have Stephen Thompson, the very put together striker, very decorated striker, very lengthy, knows exactly how to use his range. Yeah, uses that lead lead kick when he switches stances. Uses it so well he can keep anybody away because they know they're if they run they're gonna get if they charge in they're gonna get caught with a side kick. Or if they stand at the distance that he wants you to stand at, you're going to get caught with a high kick and get knocked out. Gilbert Burns, on the other hand, if you let him get in close, he's going to knock you out yeah, uh, or take you down and choke you out. So I think this fight is going to be dependent on whether or not Stephen Thompson can keep his range. 
which he's a master at. So if you want my opinion right now, Stephen Thompson, uh, I think, I feel like he's going to be able to keep that distance. Um, I think it is. I, I agree with you. The thing is, I think a lot of people are really counting out Gilbert Burns. Uh, I've seen if, people. I've seen people say he's undersized for welterweight, which I disagree with. I yeah, don't think he is. Look at the way he's sized up with Usman. Yeah. Uh, I I think it was wild. I never realized that he was as big as he is. Yeah. Uh, not that I ever thought he was undersized, but Usman's huge. Yeah, thick fucking neck, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he 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 kind of reminds me of like a Sean Shirk, Tiago Alves, where yeah. it's he's undersized, but it doesn't show. Um, so do, is is Burns undersized? Maybe, but it doesn't show, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but I think in this fight, it's not so much the size that's going to be the deciding factor as far as the range goes. It's just Stephen Thompson's style. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to get in on it. So anything that Gilbert Burns likes to do, he has to get in on it. And uh, I don't know how... I don't think uh, Gilbert Burns is too emotional coming into this fight, but he did say he's coming into this fight for revenge for Vicente Luque who is uh, Gilbert Burns' teammate that uh, Stephen Thompson beat the shit out of. Yeah. And, um, but that's the thing is going to be, I, whenever I see Gilbert Burns, he's built a lot like the other really successful heavy, uh, light welterweights, excuse me. Uh, he's He has a similar build to Tyron Woodley. Look what he did to Tyron Woodley, you know. Okay. Um, he was the second guy to do that to him after his loss to um, Kamar Usman. And look how Stephen Wonderboy Thompson struggled with, uh, with Tyron Woodley. And so I think a big factor is not only because, of course, we know that Gilbert Burns has a better ground game. He's a multiple-time world champion yeah. in jiu-jitsu. Um, he has phenomenal jiu-jitsu. And I think when it comes down to I don't think Gilbert's going to want to shoot for a takedown so like so abrupt or make it so obvious he's going to disguise it. But I think he has the power easily to put out Stephen Thompson. I do, too. That's and, a, I th- again, I think if he gets in close. Yeah. And he can make either of those things happen. But with Stephen Thompson, like, yeah, he's he's a phenomenal fighter. And we're finally seeing him fight again. He hasn't fought since December when he fought Jeff Neal. And, uh, but I think with some of the ways that, you know, look at how, because he only has one loss at, who's that? Um, Gilbert Burns only has one loss at uh, welterweight, and that's to the champion. And I don't think the way that, uh, Steven Thompson fights is similar at all to Kamaru Usman. I don't think he goes in there and does that. And I think Gilbert Burns has the power to put him out. We've seen um, we've seen how Steven Thompson's re- uh, body has reacted to getting hit hard like that. You know, uh, Tyron Woodley caught him. Darren Till caught him. Uh, Anthony Pettis caught him real well. And I think Gilbert Burns is going to come in there. Not really. I hope he's not throwing fucking haymakers because I think that's going to be the big deciding factor on who wins that fight. If he comes in there swinging wild, he likes to do that. Yeah, and he's very known for it. He has a really good right hand, and uh, Stephen Thompson has next level striking. He is uh, also a uh, karate academy uh, owner and trainer. Trains about Andrew Kidd, so the guy knows what he's doing when it comes to. Do you know that GSP used to send. Stephen Thompson to guys to help them train for fights. Really? Like before Stephen Thompson was in the UFC, um, Brendan Schaub and some other heavyweights were training for a fight and uh, they got in touch with GSP and uh, he was like, yeah, I'm going to send this guy. And they're like, I don't know who that guy is. And they're like, we were looking at him and he's tiny and we we're like, no, nah, we're going to tear this guy to pieces. Yeah. And they're like, anytime we try to get close to him, he's, his foot's in our face and there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. Um, he's been like that his whole career. Uh, and I think that I think those Tyron Woodley fights taught him a lot with how to handle his his style and how to properly 
execute his style throughout the entirety of the fight. Uh, so I think he's going to be able to keep his distance and win this fight. Mm-hmm. I think by decision. I don't. I, I think Gilbert Burns is good enough to not get knocked out. Um, so I think he wins by decision. Stephen Thompson. It's hard because I want to see Stephen Thompson ch- uh, challenge for the title. He's the only guy who hasn't fought Usman. Yeah, that's high, as highly ranked. As he I is. don't think Usman wants to fight him. I wouldn't blame him. Stephen uh, Thompson's a scary dude. I really as don't. Nice think, as he is, I really don't think he wants to fight him. Uh, whenever he talks about next title challengers, he never talks about Stephen yeah. Thompson. But when you bring up credentials, like he'll bring up guys like Michael Chiesa, which I think that when you look at Stephen Thompson's credentials, I think they're much better than Michael Chiesa's in terms of who deserves the next title shot. Yeah, and, I think Michael Chiesa is just a bit more active, so that's yeah. why he's always the one that's right in the forefront of everybody's mind. Yeah, and uh, but I would think um, I want Stephen Thompson to win, but I'm going Gilbert Burns by knockout. All right, so you got Burns by knockout. I got Thompson by decision. And that brings us to the main event. Yeah. Woo! Ooh. Yeah. Show, some, show your tits. No, I'm just kidding. But can we edit that? What out? the hell, man? What? No. no why? <laughs> Fine. Well, I'm not. You and me say that. Fucking tell him whip it out or something. I mean, that's now what you said. So okay. You show whatever you want to consent to. <laughs> How about that? There you go. Yeah. If that's not PC, I don't know what is. I mean, we gotta keep it PC, man. <laughs> um, it, uh, I don't even know what PC stands for personal computer oh um, is it really no. oh personal consent see <laughs> no, I, it's not no, that oh, either. It's not, what is it politically correct politically correct okay i i, I try i'm fucking pc dude um <laughs> i just say a lot of dumb shit i don't really mean it before i get fucking me too or some shit actually not me too cancel <laughs> <laughs> fuck i just think you make it this hard so anyway dustin poirier <laughs> is fighting conor mcgregor for the third time um, I'm not Harvey Weinstein. The first fight. <laughs> In the first fight, you had a very young Dustin Poirier and a very early version of Connor, where Connor was going in there crazy and being very aggressive with his counter striking. But I think what's different in the fight with uh, his first fight with Poirier is that he was the aggressor. And he was the one starting a lot of those combinations. Um, And with, uh, with Poirier, a lot of times he, he likes to be the one who starts it. Yeah. Uh, So when he fights angry, he tries to be the one to start it. Uh, But usually it should, it should just happen naturally. You should naturally be winning the fight. You should, you should make it happen with your natural abilities and not try to force it because you're going to then make mistakes. And that's what happened in the first fight. Dustin Poirier made a mistake and got caught yep. and knocked out. And then in the second fight, if you want to take that one away. So uh, the second fight, Dustin Poirier uh, made the right adjustments. There's been a lot that's happened since their last fight. And uh, Poirier was able to withstand the storm, throw some good shots right back. And in the second round, um, Poirier was able to pretty much debilitate Conor McGregor's lead leg, and then uh, caught him with a nice check hook that was landing really often. Eventually, hurt him and knocked Conor McGregor out in the second round, and um, fucking got paid in full, man. Yeah, I think I think the biggest uh, thing that happened in that fight is you saw Dustin having fun. Yeah. Um, is and when this happened when we were watching it, as soon as uh, he got hit, and then he landed a really good shot on Conor, and then he kind of pointed at him, and yeah. 
uh, we were like, oh man, Dustin's having a good time actually. Yeah. I, Cause normally when I'm watching those, uh, title fights or fights that I'm really invested in, I'm like on the edge of my seat. I'm super nervous. Like I catch myself holding my breath sometimes. Um, but as soon as that happened, I was like, okay, no, Dustin's having fun. Yeah. So even if he's getting hit and I'm thinking like, oh man, this is Connor. You can't let him hit you like that. Yeah. Dustin knows what's going on. He's having fun. And if he's having fun, I don't think there's anybody that can stop him. Yeah. Uh, a peaceful Dustin is a scary Dustin. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen him get emotional in a very long time. Uh, and I don't think McGregor's going to be able to pull that out of him. I think that um, he's trying to trying hard and it's just really cringy uh it's just really whack like i expected something better i expected him but um whack um i expected something better out of this he's left like he's left like a voice message on twitter and stuff that fucking blew up everywhere people were like this is hilarious and it's like it's not it's not fucking funny yeah it's like you said it's very cringy he's he left a voice message for dustin and he's sitting there like very quietly going i'm coming for you yeah and it's like he oh, calls him p-head all right and yeah so, uh, p-head like wh- who wrote this for you the guy who wrote little rascals grow yeah. up man and uh what's that he talks about um what else does he say he tried to say that his dustin of course his wife sent him a dm request and he's he posted it and whenever the picture was really just he wouldn't have viewed his wife's page that was it and once i sent her a message and it said you two don't follow each other and there's no message and so it's like all right man like you really can't fucking do that and then colby covington even tried to get involved in this whole yeah. mix up uh just to brush up on that real quick because uh he needs to stay relevant even though he's getting a title shot um he had been going on for months saying that uh, Dustin Poirier is a piece of shit and that he trains too hard. And what is it called, Dustin Poirier? Dustin Sorier. Because he's a soy boy. Um, yeah. Oh, what's that? Uh, it, some of his nicknames cracked me the fuck up, but I think it's a really <laughs> shitty one. Um, what's that? Well, I forgot what he called Tyron Woodley. Um, I don't know. But he called him Marty Snoozman. That was... That was <laughs> That was another one. Uh, but, yeah, so he tried to say that he fucking, uh, that Dustin Poirier beat the shit out of, like, so knocked out some some yeah. amateur and got in his face and was, like, and knew, you know, yelling out because this was leading into the Khabib fight. And you see the punch, and it was a really hard punch. Yeah. But that guy also didn't have headgear on. Uh, he also knew that he was going to be warming up with Dustin for or training with be one of his sparring partners for the fight. So sometimes, you know, with these gyms, you are the punching bag whenever these guys yeah. are getting ready for and, and, the and games. Like you said, it was a really strong hit, but the guy wasn't knocked out. Yeah. He got sat down, got put yeah. in a chair, but as soon as it happened, he catches himself, and then he just puts his hands on his knees. Like, yeah, that, and Dustin that up. would have been the end he of that. He didn't keep going. Yeah, like Dustin went to the other side of the cage and was like, yeah. He's like, and new. But, I yeah. mean, it was it kind of fucked up to say and new to your training partner? Yeah. Well, but, no, I don't. I don't think so because if I'm so much training partner, yeah. and they just sit me on the freaking mat, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, you yeah. better go out there and win this now," because I didn't just take that for nothing. Yeah, like and, I hope you're in new. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's. It, I think on Dustin's part, it's kind of like you gotta be kind of careful. Not careful, but you have to be. Yeah, like that's your teammate, so you don't want to fucking. It is, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. That he's his teammate. He wants to see that from Dustin. Yeah, he doesn't want to. Probably get right hurt. in that moment, it was probably like, okay, like what yeah. the fuck, man, but. Um, I, I think with it though, it's just like, okay, that's not that big of an issue. You know, it's I mean, really, it's, it's no Sean Strickland and Orlando Sanchez. I mean, it's not at all. At it's, all. it's like with, with, man, it's just like in high school, whenever the fucking, the varsity would be going to the playoffs and they would bring guys up from the JV to play, to like scrimmage against, you know, and 
get rotations in. It's like realistically, if some of those guys aren't going to be seeing the fucking uh, playoff field, yep. they bring them in to boost up the confidence of these other of the varsity guys, so they can beat the shit out of these fucking J- JV kids and then go on and play in the playoffs. There's confidence builders, and I'm sure yeah. that's probably what that guy was. He in um, I think I think when you're when you're training, especially for a fight like uh, Khabib, yeah, when you're training, you can't always go against the highest level. Yeah. Because then you have no room to grow. You're constantly on edge. Um, but you bring in some of these fresher guys, these newer guys, who they're going to make mistakes. And if you're never training against someone who makes mistakes, you're never going to be able to capitalize on them. You're never going to be able to recognize them. Uh, and in this sparring footage, you see the guy made a mistake. He dropped his hands, and Dustin Poirier capitalized on it. So yeah. you have to have you have to have those training partners who maybe aren't as good as you because they allow you that room to be creative and to be mindful and watchful yeah. of your opponent. Uh, whereas if you're fighting someone, if you're constantly training with the top level guys, you're never going to have that moment. You're never going to have that creativity. GSP yeah. talked about it. And um, so I, I mean, I get what was going on, but back to the, the whole thing, it was just like, right. um, yeah, I think with the fight though, is like, um, I don't know what point I was trying to make out all that. I guess just trying to just kind of a just timeline. adding adding yeah. what what's all been going on with this fight. Connor, all these people trying to get at Dustin Poirier's head, but Dustin's remained peaceful. He doesn't yeah. care. Um, he has said that he expects a crazy Conor McGregor, and I think everyone does. I, yeah. I wouldn't see why Connor wouldn't come out there uh, trying his best for that early knockout, because I think the way everybody sees this fight now is Dustin's getting a little bit of credit finally. Yeah, um, and. They're saying, oh, if this fight goes past the second round, Connor doesn't have a chance. Right. Um, but I think you can never count out Connor. But I think people are finally seeing Dustin as the great fighter he is. And they're saying, if this fight doesn't go Connor's way early on, then it's going Dustin's way. Yeah. It can and also I think go, that's very true. It can also go Dustin's way very early, I which is so hard. To, it's hard to tell because Dustin is a slow starter. Yeah. It takes a little while to get comfortable. And you see, I had barbecue for lunch. That fucked me up. Um, <laughs> So you kind of see it, though, in the first fight that he is a slow starter. I mean, excuse me, the second fight. Yeah. He was getting adjusted. He started taking some shots. But when we started warming up, that's when he started having fun. And um, I think with that, uh, I think that he's going to go in and he's going to probably still be a kind of a slower starter. Uh, He might start off a little faster. But I don't see him going out there going, you know, pushing the pace right off the fucking bat. Because what he's going to do is he's going to gas himself out, you know. And he did that whenever he fought Justin Gaethje. He matched his pace and by the fourth round, whenever he stopped, um, whenever he stopped Justin Gaethje, he was he. You saw him; he was exhausted. He was tired. And um, I think what we're gonna expect out of McGregor, though, he's gonna come out and do something flashy. I think he's gonna come out and do something wild that we hadn't seen before. Exactly how he because he knows he has something to prove with this fight. So. Um, yeah, I I could easily see Connor coming out with a flying knee, or yeah. uh, some wild uh, spinning kick. Yeah, or he's going to come out and try to, to fake, him, fake him with yeah. something straight left. And uh, I think what we've seen, though, is Dustin's taken his best shot since then. Even though he's been knocked out by him, Dustin's taken his best shot, and uh, he doesn't drop his head anymore whenever someone throws a punch. And he, now, you know, because in that first fight, he dropped his head real low, throw a punch, and Connor came over the top and caught him on the back, behind, right behind the ear, which is a legal shot. And um, a legal shot. It's yeah. not illegal. And, um,. After that, that's when uh, Dustin just tumbled over. But now we've seen that Dustin's felt his power. He's felt his speed multiple times. And I think going into this, I think if anything, Dustin's gotten into his head because he's shown that, you know, while McGregor talks about he's a lover of martial arts and he 
always wants he's a he's a student of the game he always wants to learn um connor's now at a he's at a road bump you know i mean he's at he's at a um a roadblock i mean he's at a roadblock now because he's like man well this guy's mixing up a lot better than i am i used to be able to mix it up like this and uh people say like oh well connor came out in too much of a boxing stance that's why he took those leg kicks too hard and so he'll come out in the karate stance and he'll come out in the karate stance but it's like okay if he comes out of karate stance he's gonna be very heavy on his lead leg and now he's more susceptible to those leg kicks and uh if you watch the embedded series you would see that dustin poirier even was talking they, they recorded him talking to Rory masvidal i don't know if he knew the camera was there but he's like the leg kicks weren't even part of the game i just threw when it landed so i just kept throwing them yeah. and so um I think with that, uh, he even said, you know, coming in this fight, he's like, I expect him to start throwing leg kicks. I ex- because Connor has to be the aggressor in some ways. He has to land that first shot to get that confidence up. He has to be the pusher of the pace, even though he's a counter striker. Look at most of his fights. Yeah, he's won most of his fights. Um, his most famous stoppages are by him being counter a counter striker. Yeah. But he was he's not always a counter striker. He pushes forward. He's always throwing shots. He's in in. What he does is he'll just he'll throw the first couple shots, get you throw back, and then he feeds off of that. He baits you with it. He's also a offensive fighter as well. Yeah, and he's shown that with his wins against uh, Donald Cerrone, um, Dennis he, Seaver, Dennis Seaver, Chad Mendes, Marcus Brimage. Even though Mar- he was countering Marcus Brimage's uh, duck, faking for a takedown. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he Conor McGregor likes to go in there and make it the Conor show. And Dustin Poirier doesn't feed into that. So he has to be the aggressor. Otherwise, you're just going to have Dustin Poirier going out there, having a good time, winning the fight. So the way I see this fight going, I think it goes pretty similarly to the first. Um, I think Connor's going to come out there and be a bit more aggressive. Uh, I could even see him catching Dustin at one point, but I think Dustin's going to be able to handle it. Um... What I'd like to see is Dustin Poirier take it to the ground and start attacking with some submissions. Yeah. People forget how slick uh, Dustin Poirier is on the ground. No one His really jiu-jitsu talks about is fantastic, but he hasn't shown it in a very long time. Yeah. I mean, you look at the guillotine, he got Khabib, man. That was a deep freaking guillotine. And if Khabib wasn't Khabib, it would, he would have tapped out. Yeah. Anybody else would have tapped out. He tapped um, Anthony Pettis out to a body triangle. Yeah. And... Um, and Max Holloway in their first fight, he got him in triangle a, arm bar. a triangle armbar, and yep. it was dirty. Um, so he's but, got several Darsh choke wins. He's got really great jujitsu, so that's what I'd love to see. But I think it stays on the feet under Tim Crater. Uh, yeah, yep. Uh, Tim Crater has amazing jujitsu. First, I think with Louisiana to have yeah. a uh, black belt. Or, uh, but yeah, I actually was me and Zach when we met up today. I decided to t- dedicate twenty minutes of my uh busy schedule to uh go ahead and talk about ufc trilogies also because i think this is it's just fun and i'm probably gonna get shit for talking about this but guess what man i had a good time fucking doing this sorry you're just a casual and you don't find the <laughs> the smaller details in mma I think, UFC, I think ufc facts are fun um so out of the trilogies this is the 14th trilogy in ufc history 13 total um Two of those fights were actually uh, 3-0'd. It was uh, Ortiz, Tito Ortiz versus Frank Shamrock and Frank Yeager versus BJ Penn. All three of those, uh, Tito Ortiz and Frank Yeager, 3-0'd those fighters. Uh, one of those fights was a uh, one win for... And there's another one that was one win, one draw, and one win uh, for... 
uh, that wins. Frank Edgar. Frankie Edgar, yeah. So he lost the first fight against Gray Maynard. They rematch it's the draw and in, in the third fight. The, the trilogy fight, uh, Frank Edgar ends up knocking out Gray Maynard. And so um of those of that thirteen, three of those fights it was a uh fighters that won the first one, lost the second one, and uh won the last one was Randy Couture when he defeated B- Vitor Belfort, uh Sam Stout when he fought uh Spencer Fisher. So those are some of the most fun fights yeah. you'll ever see. Yeah, and uh the Randy Couture fight with Vitor Belfort is uh the second fight that he lost in the other trilogy it was because of a cut above his eyebrow. The cut, I don't know what happened, but the glove cut him above the eyebrow. And then um, the other one was uh, BJ Penn versus Matt Hughes. BJ Penn won the first one, lost the second, and then uh, won the last one by a 20-second knockout, 21 seconds into the first round. And so um, another one was uh, we had one that was a no contest, then a win for each of them was with uh, Charles Oliveira versus Nick Lentz. Uh, the first fight was no contest to, due to an illegal knee, and then um, so I want to say Nick Lentz won one, and then Charles Oliveira, Charles Oliveira won this last one. And then um, this is a pretty crazy stat. So these are fighters, or trilogies happen where fighters won, lost the first fight, but won the next two, which we have Chuck Liddell versus Randy Couture. Forrest Griffin versus Tito Ortiz, uh, George St. Pierre versus Matt Hughes, um, Stipe Miocic versus Cor- Daniel Cormier, Kane Velasquez versus Junior Dos Santos, and Tim Sylvia versus Andre Arlovsky. And uh, if you're a casual and you fell asleep during that, you're a filthy casual, <laughs> uh, but I'd like to wake you up by saying uh, the statistics show that six, the majority of the time with these trilogies, if you're... Yeah. If you're forty six point fifteen percent. If you're one and one and you lost the first fight, you're probably gonna win the third fight. Yeah. And then you look at so you take that and then um you look at I'm trying to find this one. Um you look at um the other one is, you know, McGregor probably has if you want to take MMA math and take it fucking extreme, then we're doing it. Uh, I'm taking you to class right now. So if you take these trilogies into account you know, right now, uh, Conor McGregor has a 22.9% chance of winning because he won the first one, lost the second one, just like how um, Randy Couture when he fought Vitor Belfort or when Sam Stout fought uh, Spencer Fisher. And so right now, you know, you look at um, Dustin Poirier, he has a 46.15% chance of winning. He yeah. lost the first one, won the, uh, won the second one, so there's a higher chance of him winning that third fight. Because especially with trilogy fights, I mean, I know we're kind of getting off subject, and we're just kind of rambling on a little bit, but I think I it's important think to talk rambling. about. I think it's important to talk about trilogy fights because they're special. They never really fucking happen, um, and usually whenever that third fight happens, it's outside of the UFC, and no one really gives a shit. It's either Passer Prime and Chuck and Tito. The trilogy yeah. happened. No one cared. I mean, um, shouldn't have happened. Shouldn't happen. I mean, the but. At all, it was way past uh, T- uh, Chuck's prime. Tito has shown that he was still in great shape. He was still ready to fight because he never really got out of. I w- he did get out of his prime, but he spent a lot of his years in his prime injured, yeah. so he took the, a lot of that time off. And so, um, with with that though, I think with uh, trilogy fights, are just there's something to always look into. It's always fun to watch. If you have UFC Fight Pass, go back and watch all these trilogy fights. They're all phenomenal. Watch if pick one of my favorite ones is Frankie Edgar and Gray Maynard. Um, That's definitely one of the best ones. Um, That first fight was 
Not the most exciting, but it was no. a win by Graham Maynard. Yeah. And then the second fight was very exciting. Yeah. Um, that one had the had me on the edge of my seat. I remember watching that, um, and I remember seeing Frankie get dropped like seven or eight times in the first round. Yeah. And he's just rolling around on the canvas, canvas getting beat up. And then from then on, in my opinion, he's winning that fight. At one point, he picks Gray Maynard up, walks him across the cage, and then slams him on the ground. I was yep. like, it doesn't get any better. No, this. it was insane. Uh, and then he knocks him out in the third fight. It's freaking nuts. Yeah. Uh, that fight happened. In the, the third fight happened in Houston. Yeah. I wrote about it in high school on our newspaper. It's insane. And so it's just like... What I the, still have that newspaper. <clears throat> and do you really? Yeah. Yeah. I also, I'll show that to me. That's actually really cool. But with that, though, man, I just think that when it comes down to you never see a fourth fight, I guess they just don't really care to yeah, do it. Yeah, there's some weird rule against it. Yeah. Uh, unwritten rule, I guess. Boxing but, does it. Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think there are some fights that should have a fourth fight. I think uh, I, I would have loved to see Matt Hughes and BJ Penn fight again. Obviously not anymore. Um, but I just I feel like. Like BJ, maybe that's just because I was such a big fan of Matt Hughes, mm-hmm. but man, BJ Penn just winning those fights, I was like, come on, dude. Matt, you're you're so much better than this. Uh, but BJ Penn was taking the world by storm at that yep. time, so there's just not much to be done about it. Um, and then the Sam Stout Spencer Fisher fights, those are freaking exciting fights. Yeah. Um, I think that was uh, some of the. That's I think one of the best trilogy fights that. Um, was what did how did you say it it was the the a win loss win What's for that? someone yeah um I, I think that's one of the best ones for sure that was so freaking fun to watch yeah um but me personally if i had to choose a favorite trilogy i'm you know biased but i'm gonna pick gsp against matt hughes dude those were great fights that first fight he lost by armbar with one second left in the round yep. in the in the round and then the next fight, he was the second fight where he knocked him out with a head kick, and the third fight where he tapped him out with an armbar. Yeah, man, talk about revenge. And so uh, it was just uh, so pretty much to put the, also the numbers down. Um, a good majority is always the guy who lost the first one came back and won the other two. Yeah. And so what that kind of transparency to is, uh, I don't even know if I use that translates right. Translates translates to. to uh, that translates to is like you know you look at Dustin Poirier then Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor was fucking lightning in a bottle back whenever he beat Dustin Poirier. There was nobody, like I mean, no matter what that guy that right there <clears throat> is stuff of of legends, honestly. And I think that right there will always be. It's hard to be a star in MMA because you're always gonna be compared to that guy. And whenever this the next big MMA star is gonna happen when we least expect it, we're not gonna know what's gonna happen, you know. And um. Same thing, I think, with basketball. People talk about uh, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, too many comparisons, but it's like if you just don't realize that, like, Michael Jordan has time, now it's LeBron's time, you know? Yeah. And um, I think with Conor McGregor, though, just that reign that he went on from, you know, winning in the UFC to becoming a double champ. And um, never defending his belts, ne- yeah. but still being treated like a champion in every one of his fights. Yeah, and um, and so just him, him going and you know, becoming the first ever double champ, him going and talking all that shit that he did and just creating this madness that is Conor McGregor that was Conor McGregor. He's not that person anymore. Um, Conor was just at another level at the time. But since we look at how these guys have grown as not, I mean, of course they've changed as people. Uh, They change over time, but you look at how they've grown as fighters. I feel like Dustin's done the most maturing out of the two. 
Uh, Conor McGregor is always going to be something special to watch. Even if he loses this fight, I still think no matter what, he's still going to be a very fun fight to watch. And he's always going to be Conor McGregor. Like, even if he loses and they fucking... I don't want to see him fight Nate Diaz, honestly. But if, even if he loses, I still am always going to tune in and watch a Conor McGregor fight. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Conor McGregor fan. I really am. I, I just didn't like the inactivity. I didn't like the not defending. Um... And I'm not. I can't. I can't go for him over Dustin Poirier. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if he loses this fight, I think he looked fantastic in the last fight. He just had a different style in it, and I. I'm not. You know, he. He's the one who gets to decide that. So who. Who am I to say? Oh, that style doesn't work for him. Yeah. He looked great. He was landing big shots, and he uh, arguably won the first round. So, and then he went out there and got knocked out. So to say that he's washed up, I think is insane yeah uh i don't think that conor mcgregor losing some fights here and there means he's washed up it yeah. just means he has to reevaluate how he does things because um, his loss to khabib he looked bad yeah um he was getting dropped by a wrestler yeah so he needed to reevaluate himself and i don't think that he did and um you know, everyone says that, oh, McGregor looked like shit his last fight. You know, that wasn't the same McGregor. And it's like, I don't think he looked bad. I thought he won that first round. Yeah. Um, I think he looked really sh- sharp. I think what it was is just Poirier caught him. He was throwing those leg kicks. He was throwing good check hooks. No one talks about the fucking check hooks that he caught him with multiple times. Poirier was setting up for a five-round fight, and Conor McGregor was trying to set up for a one-punch knockout. Yeah. And um, McGregor didn't look bad, and people talk about his stances, you know, coming into the fights. Like, is he, what kind of stances is he going to use? Was he going to come in with long hair? Is he going to come in with short hair? And it's just like, y'all, y'all are the most so ridiculous things. obsessive over this guy. And I trust me, I get why he's once in a lifetime in, uh, when it comes to MMA, or once in a generation more so. And um, But he just got beat. You know, he lost to the better fighter that night, and people will still don't want to believe that Dustin Poirier is the better fighter because what he did to Dustin Poirier in their first fight. But you look at Dustin Poirier, who's gone from the bottom of the bottom to the top of the top. Yeah, he lost Khabib, but everyone loses Khabib. Yeah. You know, um, he's been a com- complete, he became a complete different fighter since his loss to Michael Johnson. That fight really set the path for who Dustin Poirier is, and I think. Uh, Dustin Poirier is stronger mentally. I think he's stronger physically. I mean, I do think he's all around the better fighter. <coughs> bless you. <coughs> God bless oh, you. Thank you. Uh, uh, but also, I think what's going to happen is, like, people will talk about, well, you know, McGregor's got to come in there and just control the pace. Well, that's what he's done for the past the last two times they fought. Yeah. He won the first one, yeah. But then what happened with the second? He controlled the pace in the second fight. And uh, as soon as because that's what everyone says is like whoever gets the middle is gonna get get win this fight. And, and I don't think that that's necessarily true because yeah. Dustin doesn't like to fight in the middle of the cage. Yeah, he like or he likes to be up against the cage, whether it's him up against or the other up against. He just likes to be there. He fights he in likes, a phone booth. He likes a very grueling fight. Yeah, he likes it to be a bit of a brawl. Even though he's considered a technical striker, he likes to sit there and sling leather and hit you in the face. Um. And he likes to put you up against the cage. And if you put him up against the cage, that's fine. He's going to block your shots and fire right back. Um, and that's what happened in the second fight. And yeah. it kept going there. And I was like, I don't think it's a good idea for Conor to put him there. And that's what, I mean, that you're playing into Dustin's fight. I mean, the yeah. thing is, though, is you look at the range. And 
Um, I think it's just I think that's where Connor is gonna have to win the fight is if he fights keeps him at, at bay if he keeps him yeah. at range because what's gonna happen is that Dustin's gonna have to come in. Dustin doesn't throw a lot of kicks. I know everyone keeps talking about these fucking calf kicks, but that's not. I mean, he throws leg kicks, but he doesn't throw body kicks. He doesn't throw head kicks. And he so a lot. I'd say he throws a normal amount of body kicks. You right. look at his fight against Gagey, and I think he he did all kinds of strikes against Gagey. Do you th- do you see him throwing a body kicks to close the distance with him? To close the distance, no. I yeah. think I think you're going on the right track. Yeah. I would agree with you. But I just I don't think it's fair to say he doesn't throw a lot of leg kicks or body kicks. Um yeah. but no, you're I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, sorry, so- sorry to interrupt you there. Um but yeah, no, I th- I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, I think what's gonna happen is if Connor wants to win, he has to keep him at bay. He has to keep him he has to keep a distance with him, use his kicks that he's known for. And I only think that was only going to work so much. But what's going to happen is, is Dustin's going to want to punch him. And yeah. he's going to come in, and that's whenever Connor's going to catch him with a counter strike. And I think that's where Connor wins the fight. I don't think him fighting in a phone booth with a guy like Dustin Poirier is going to win. No. Dustin Poirier, he makes it ugly, but he makes it. But also, he's crisp as fuck whenever he lands punches, and too. And when Dustin wants to punch you and put you away, mm-hmm. what he does is he throws that left hand or he throws that right hand to set up for a left. Yeah. Um, and he reaches for it and he ducks his head down real low and then throws the the, the next overhand right yeah. or overhand left. Yeah. Um, but he keeps both hands low when he does that. So I think he could easily get caught by Connor. Yeah. And, um, and that's what we, um, whenever, especially in the first round of the second fight, he was catching, uh, Connor was catching him with a lot of jabs. Yeah. Just keeping him on the outside. And you saw Dustin just kind of like wave his finger at him. Like, all right, that was a good one. You know? And, um, I think that's where Connor's going to keep it. He's not He, he wants to knock out. really, really bad. He wants to prove a point, but I don't think he's going to be able to get the knockout of, as quick as he wants it. You're gonna have to play it out and prove that okay, we're coming the second round sharp. Like this is the furthest it's gotten out. Most definitely. And um, he's gonna have to go take it into later. He's gonna have to conserve his energy, take it into the later rounds, and prove that okay, I can, you know, kill, like maintain my stamina and my output while you know keeping everything together while he's still doing that. But when it comes out of gas tanks, of course, Dustin Poirier has a better gas tank. Yeah. We know that for a fact. That's just proven. Yeah. And uh, Dustin's fought multiple fights at 155 at for, for five rounds. And he's even going in the fourth round. He's gotten finishes in the fourth round. And uh, when people bring up, well, look at, you know, how Khabib, it took Khabib four rounds to beat Connor, but it only took, um, you know, Khabib three rounds to beat fucking Dustin. Dustin. But I think Dustin made him have to finish that fight yeah. and i don't i think i don't think connor posed a threat to khabib yeah uh but i think dustin posed a threat to khabib and then he made him do that and like i do think that uh connor won the the uh, third round in their fight whenever he fought khabib but that's because khabib decided oh, i don't feel like training stand-up i feel like standing up and it's like who the fuck does that but um well also with dustin I, I think dustin was exhausted in the yeah he tired himself out in real the, bad by the, by the third round he was exhausted uh, i think like i always say is like i think he was set up to lose in that fight they they wanted khabib to have as much of an advantage as he did he was he had the time zone advantage he had he was there for like a month and a half training yeah. in that in that uh weather was there for like a week or two two yeah two training in 100 degree weather at night yeah. you know and it's like you can only get used to so much dude but um but when it comes down to it though i think um I think this is the same thing I said about Brandon Moreno and F- Davison Figueredo. You look at Davison Figueredo all around; he's the better fighter. He has the better striking. He has a better jujitsu. But I think when it comes down to who can pull out the better, pull off a better performance, who can pull off a better fight, who can, 
be a better fighter and really bring it to somebody, I think is um I think it's Dustin Poirier. I think Dustin Poirier, no where the fight goes, he's with it. If it's standing up, you know, he'll take a shot to give a shot. But he also can he doesn't really ever get too hurt and I think he has the composure to not do that. I don't he doesn't throw sloppy like when in the Khabib fight he threw very, very sloppy. Yeah. And uh I think Connor has the better striking. Jujitsu wise I couldn't tell you, honestly. Uh, I mean, yeah, you we will. It points at Dustin Poirier because he has submission wins, yeah. but Connor has jiu-jitsu as well, and he works on it. I know he's working on his takedown defense because he called Dustin Poirier a dusty bitch for taking him down. And he said, "Whoever shoots first. And uh, yeah, he said, "Whoever shoots first And then is a Dustin dusty bitch. said, uh, "Well, this is mixed martial arts, and yeah. you claim to be a lover of the art, and yet you're saying you can't. I can't take you down. I'm gonna yeah. take you down. I'm gonna do whatever I want. It's mixed martial arts. That's part of the game. Yeah." And so I think um, I think Connor will be anticipating a takedown in their fight, and because he got that takedown early within the yeah. first thirty seconds, and but I think at the end of the day though, um, is Dustin Poirier the better boxer? I don't think so. Is he more the most technical? No, but I think he's the better fighter, and I think that's what we're gonna see this Saturday. I think Dustin Poirier is gonna. I think he knocks him out again because Connor's going to get tired and Dustin goes for the kill. It's probably going to be another TKO, but I want to see a submission win from Dustin Poirier. I do too, um, but I agree. I think it's going to be another knockout win mm-hmm. by Dustin. So, Because yeah. I, I think um, – well, I'm sorry, go ahead. I think uh, Dustin is on the – not Dustin, excuse me. I think uh, Connor is on the backside of his career and he just doesn't realize it yet. I still think he's a phenomenal fighter. But when it comes out back to being at the top, it's like I don't think you can hang with these guys. I don't think you realize that these lightweights are a lot bigger than whenever you were fighting at featherweight, you know. And whenever he was champ at uh, featherweight, he moved up to lightweight. He fought Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez is a good fighter, but he's never going to be a prominent champion. He was a beatable champ, you know. And I don't think Conor can hang with some of these top guys anymore. And now if Conor comes out and wins, I'll tell you right now, I won't be surprised uh, it's Conor McGregor. You kind of, yeah. Like we said, you can't count him out. Yeah. Um, you can't count him out. He's Conor McGregor. He built up his the reason that name means something for a reason. So, to wrap it up, Dustin Poirier. That's where we stand. Yeah, I'm All going right. Dustin. You're going Dustin also. Yes, I am. Yeah. So, um, so let us know what your thoughts are on these fights. Um. Make sure to subscribe and listen and like and comment and do all those things, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to have our predictions posted on Instagram. You can check them out there if you didn't uh, feel like listening to us for an hour. I don't blame you. They're, they're on Instagram. Um, check those out. Uh, you submit your picks to us. Let us know. Yeah. I mean, you can leave them in the comments. You can private message them to us. Uh, what's it called? We yeah, we love to talk about those kinds of things and yeah. let us know. I mean, give us your opinions. Let us know, and we're excited to see these fights Saturday.